He left them and was taken up into heaven. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. It's Monday, and I hope that your weekend was a sweet time of rest and recuperation from the week we left behind. And I pray that you had a wonderful time in worship with uh, the fellowship of believers that you are a part of, and uh, that the message of God's Word that was lifted was inspiring and left you with a lot to consider and a lot to apply. Um, This morning, we are going to be finishing our study in the Gospel of Luke. Today, we will be studying Luke 24, uh, verses 50 through 53. This concludes uh, Luke's Gospel. It is the last thing that happens in the account of Luke's Gospel. Um, We began studying Luke on August 29th, so we're in our seventh month of this study, and I knew it was going to be a long one. Um, we are moving from Luke to the book of James starting tomorrow, uh, but we owe it to our study to, uh, to have this final day in uh, the, the gospel of Luke. It has been a wonderful journey. Um, it has unfolded the gospel uh, in such a unique way to teach it every day, uh, five days a week um, from August 29th until the present. Um, I've seen God through his Holy Spirit faithfully unfold the word in some powerful ways, bringing new and unique insights, um, things that I hadn't seen or really reflected on in my past readings of this gospel. And um, so thank you so much for sharing the journey and for coming alongside and studying uh, with me. Uh, today we're going to focus on the ascension of Jesus. It is the the final brushstroke in the beautiful narrative masterpiece of Luke's gospel, uh, as inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, to write these things as a witness to those who uh, didn't know Jesus. And um, it's a well-written gospel. It very clearly shows the identity of Christ for who he is, it very clearly shows the power of Christ on display, um, acting in his authority uh, as uh, very God of very God, and um, healing and restoring lives at every turn. And that's the truth of who Jesus is. He is a God of healing and restoration, a God of redemption, forgiveness, uh, the God who saves us. Uh, and restores us into a relationship with the Father. He is all those things and more, um, and so I'm so grateful for the witness of Scripture and for this powerful time in Luke's Gospel. Before we get into the Word, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for the fresh start of a new Monday, and we go into this week, Lord God, with hopeful anticipation, mostly that we'll see your hand at work through whatever it is that we encounter this week. And uh, Lord, we trust in you. Um, we know that you are in control, uh, that you are sovereign over the events of our lives, and uh, that you will journey with us uh, each step of the way. You're faithful to be there. You are the God who is present in the person of Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we give you thanks for that. Speak now through your word, Lord. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see and the courage to apply the things that you're teaching us today. We ask all these things in your powerful name. Amen. 
This is Luke 24, 50 through 53. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. All right, so after his um, appearing to them as they were gathered um, together, uh, after his conversation with the men on the road to Emmaus, he appears to the wider group of disciples. Those two men would also have been there because they came back to report their encounter to the Lord. And up until that point, or actually at that point, then we had, uh, no, up until that point, we had three uh, recorded um, encounters between the resurrected Christ and people, uh, the women who went uh, back to the tomb um, came and reported that they had seen the angels and were told that he had, was resurrected, that he was alive, not in the grave. And so there was the first bit of knowledge of resurrection. Then Peter uh, had a vision of Christ, and then the men on the road to Emmaus had an encounter with the resurrected Christ. And uh, just before this passage, Jesus appeared to all of the apostles and disciples gathered together. And now he is leading them out uh, to the vicinity of Bethany. And they're having, uh, they're having church. They're having a worship service. He's praying for them and blessing them. And Luke says, while his hands were lifted blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven now, this is not a terribly unusual uh, thing for the Bible <laughs> uh, to see people being immediately ushered from earth into heaven before dying. Now, Jesus has already died and, and been resurrected and now is ascending back to his rightful place at the right hand of God in the throne room of heaven. Uh, but in the Old Testament, there were prophets who were ushered out of this life and into the next and uh, they were not; they were taken before their earthly lives had expired. And so, a vision of a person being taken out of this world, from a biblical perspective, is not entirely unusual. Now, for the matter of actually being there and watching this happen, I can only imagine what would have been stirring within the disciples and the apostles as they were watching this. Um, Again, all they could attribute it to was that Jesus was faithful to his teachings, that he said that he would leave them and that the Holy Spirit would come. We go back to John 14, and he said that he would be leaving and that the Father would be sending a counselor to come alongside of them to teach, to convict, to inspire, to encourage, to uplift, to empower. And the list of things Jesus said the Spirit would do goes on and on. And prior to his ascension, Jesus mentioned that they were to stay in Jerusalem until um, the one the Father was sending came. And so after Jesus ascends, which would have been an amazing sight, and I wonder exactly how that uh, looked and how that went down, um, if it looked like he was being slowly pulled into the heavens, or if it was something more instantaneous and very quick. Uh, I've always wondered how that the appearance of the ascension would have looked. 
I sort of imagine it would have been sort of a slower pace and Jesus is just being slowly pulled away from them. Or it may have been instantaneous. It's hard to know. Um, God could do it all. Uh, But the message of Luke remains. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Uh, Luke tells us in verse 52 that after that event had occurred, uh, those who were present continued to worship him. And then they returned to Jerusalem with great joy filling their hearts. So they stayed in the moment. Uh, They continued to worship. I find that sometimes in the church, we're too quick to move on from a moment with God. When when the Spirit really shows up and we're having an encounter with the presence of God, I find that the church is so programmed and so regulated in its schedule that, that we miss these opportunities. And sometimes I think we schedule these opportunities right out of our worship services I have been to church services where there was an openness to the Spirit, where things were happening and the leaders of the church were flowing with what the Spirit was doing in a beautiful way. But often I think we're too highly programmed and we move on from these experiences too quickly. I think the same is true in our own walk with Jesus. We check off our devotional life like it's a thing to do rather than really giving God time to show up and do what he does in his presence. And I wonder if the Lord doesn't open his deeper presence to us at times because he realizes that our hearts are really not in the moment. And he's waiting until he really has our attention. And if we would slow down and if we would listen, and if we wouldn't be in such a rush, I believe that our times in the word, our times in prayer, our times in communion and fellowship with the Lord would be richer and deeper and stronger and better Uh, if our own hearts were at ease in those moments and we weren't so afraid of what was coming next and so uh, busy uh, within ourselves. I think that if we would just stay and worship and allow God to do what he does, I think the quality of our encounters with him would improve greatly. But they stayed and they were in the moment and they worshiped And then it says, and we don't know how long a period of time this was, that they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. I think the result of an encounter with Jesus is great joy. It doesn't necessarily pull us out of the circumstances we're in or pull us out of the situation we're in, but it does fill our hearts with great joy in his presence. An encounter with Jesus, a true encounter with Jesus will do that. It'll fill your heart with great joy. And then Luke tells us in verse 53 that they were faithful to what Jesus told them to do. Uh, He said, remain in Jerusalem until uh, the one my father is sending comes. Um, uh, Let me see exactly what it says. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised in verse 49, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And so they're going to wait <laughs> until that clothing with power from on high comes their way and they're being obedient here to what the Lord had instructed them to do. They're not going anywhere. They're choosing to stay in the moment. You have to imagine some of them were tempted with the now what's. You know, the Lord said stay, but gosh, how long and what's going to happen? And shouldn't we just get back to our families and back to our work and you know all of these things? I'm sure that temptation was present among some of them. Um, but perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps they were anxious to see what the Lord meant about he was sending the one who was promised 
and they were not to leave the city until they were clothed with power from on high. Either way, they were faithful to that, uh, according to Luke uh, 24, verse 53. They stayed continually at the temple, praising God. What they were awaiting was Pentecost. They didn't know yet that that's what they were awaiting, but that's that's what Jesus was having them wait on. And that would happen uh, in the biblical account in Acts chapter 2. And so, my friends, what a journey this has been, and I'm so grateful for your coming alongside to study Luke's gospel with me. I pray that you'll stay with me as we transition now to um, James, and I believe there's so much rich and vital content in there for the living of our faith. Um, I think that faith involves both hearing and doing in response to the mighty works of God in our lives, and I think James articulates that well and presents us with that very good challenge. And um, so we're going to move into James and look at a life of faith that both hears and does what the Lord leads us to do. All right, my friends, thank you so much. God bless you today as you continue to consider these words. And we'll look forward to getting started in uh, James tomorrow. God bless.